This is your life, God's truth, your QFM. It's Phil here in the studio in Bemidji, and on the phone with me is Jody Clemens, and she's going to be one of the presenters at a uh, forum coming up next week, a panel discussion at Hope Church uh, featuring women who are post-abortive. And Jody is kind of, uh, I, I, she kind of has all the background information on how this all got put together. And Jody, welcome to the airwaves of your QFM. How are you? I'm doing well, and thank you so much, Phil, for um, allowing me to share a little bit about the ministry God has called me to, as well as several other women. Uh, in our area. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, a ministry called PALS, P-A-L, mm-hmm. uh, Post-Abortive Ladies. And mm-hmm. let's uh, go ahead, Jody, and give us the background. I, I, I guess maybe before you do that, let me just get this time out again. This panel uh, is Tuesday of next week, June 7th, 7 p.m. at the Hope Church Worship Center. And I know uh, Jill with the Pregnancy Center in Grand Forks is inviting everyone to come. We'll talk more about that as we go here. But Jody, how did God get you involved in this ministry? God got me involved in this ministry of um, helping women who have had abortions and speaking on behalf of the negative effects of abortion on women through my own personal um, abortion experience. Um, Many years ago... um, I made the unfortunate and <laughs> decision to walk through the doors of an abortion facility and end the life of my own child. And that started me down a very long path of self-destructive behavior, emotional distress, and spiritual confusion. And I lived that way um, Phil, for 10 years, which is the average amount of time that women do keep abortion a secret after they do it. And we can talk about that more later. Mm-hmm. But... Um, until I, I really, really had got to the point, as do many women who've had an abortion, that what I had done in ending the life of my own child was so bad and so grievous, not only to me, but more so to our Lord, um, that he would never forgive me. I really thought that I had committed a sin that was unforgivable, that it was too big, too bad, um, and I lived that way in a very self-destructive manner. I will say that during those years, I entered a marriage to a very wonderful man, um, <laughs> but I never told him about my abortion, Bill. And a secret, a, a secret like that in a marriage, in any relationship, is devastating. Yeah. Because I lived in fear every single day that he would find out who I really was or who I thought I really was, which was a shameful woman. You know, that's how we look at ourselves is, you know, because what the truth we eventually have to face, Phil, is that we were culpable in the death of our own child. Hmm. And, and a woman's heart to embrace that is excruciating. <laughs> and that is why we turn to eating disorder, disorders, alcoholism, cutting, all the self-destructors, destructive behaviors that women engage in after an abortion or often do is because we have this unconfessed sin, this unresolved grief, and also we have this sense of justice that an innocent person has died and the guilty has gone unpunished that cannot be satisfied. And that's how we live, and that's why we engage in self-destructive behaviors because truly in 1973... (laughs) 
and that's the year, as we all know, that abortion was legalized. Yeah. Um, Chief Justice Harry, Harry A. Blackman declared this, and I want your listening audience to hear this. He's declared that abortion was a necessary step towards the full emancipation of women. And that has proven to be such a lie, and not only because I say so, um, but because evidence has proven that and shown that. Yes. Yeah. It, it has. You know, it, it's shown it physically, um, and I'll give you some examples of that, where one in ten women who undergo an abortion experience immediate complications after an abortion, immediately, and 20% of those are life-threatening. That's just the physical, not to mention the self-destructive behavior that women engage in that lead us down a long path. There's also even the mental health of the woman, which I dealt with, depression, suicidal thoughts. 81%, that's a very high number, 81% of women who have abortions experience mental health problems. And of that, 50,000 women a year experience serious, serious emotional and mental problems and health issues after an abortion. And it's only going to increase, Bill. It is because women are starting to come forth more and more and more right now um, and and talking about this. So the PALS, the PALS, who we are really is a very diverse group of women. And we never, never would have likely connected with one another had it not been that we all had something in common. And that thing we had in common is that each of us walked through the doors in an abortion facility at some point and ended the life of our unborn child. And although each of us has very different stories, very different backgrounds, very very different lives, we have chosen to weave these stories together to share with others a side of abortion that is very, very rarely heard. And yet these are stories that need to be heard. They need to be heard. You started doing this, you know, you can tell us uh, when. I, I know it was a number of years ago, and, of course, you've had women then come up to you and almost like whisper in your ear and say things like, mm-hmm. you know, that was me. And the fact is that uh, you told me before we started to record, one in every four women has had an abortion. I mean, it's, it's something that's been around here uh, way too long in our nation, grounded in lies, the whole thing, and, and surprise, surprise, with Satan being the father of lies, and now, especially with things happening in our culture, the possibility of overturning Roe versus Wade, it's really getting stirred up again, and it is so important for people to hear the truth from you and from other women like you, and so you have this group of women willing to speak out, and that's what you're going to be doing. Tuesday night, next week, 7 o'clock, at the Worship Center at Hope Church. There, you know, we all probably know uh, women who have had an abortion, although maybe in many cases we don't even know they've had an abortion, and uh, there's just things we need to understand about it, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, with an estimated 63 million abortions performed worldwide, or 3,000 a day in the United States, or... One in four women, I can tell you today that, that there's an abortion facility in Fargo that's, that's taken the lives of innocent children. Twenty babies will die. And 
you may not have personally had an abortion, and you might think, well, I don't need to go to this event because I haven't had an abortion, and you might even think you don't know of anyone who's had an abortion. But the truth is, I can guarantee you, just about guarantee you, that everyone knows someone who has had an abortion with statistics like this, but you just don't know it because this secret of abortion when I left the abortion facility, Phil, I made a vow, if you will, to myself that said, no one will ever know about this, and I will never speak about this again. And I buried that, as many women do, down in the darkest resources of my soul for 10 years. And listen, like I said, I was married, so you don't, you, you, you don't know if this is your spouse. It may not even be the woman in the relationship, but it could be a woman's husband who paid for an abortion or mm. participated in bringing a woman to an abortion. Phil, it could be your child. Yeah. I don't know if people know this, but there's a law. It's called the judicial bypass that says this. Kids, children, <laughs> well, not children so much, but let's take kids in high school. Yeah. You find out you're pregnant, you don't have to tell your parents. There's a girl on our panel that will speak to this because this happened to her. Hmm. She was living a secret lifestyle. She was raised in a very faith-filled family, and she unfortunately found herself pregnant. But what she did, not daring or choosing to tell her parents, she called the local abortion facility, Red River Women's Facility. They said to her, no problem, just come here. She came to that facility, Phil. They will load your children up in a car. She was 17. Take them to the local courthouse. It's called a judicial bypass. The judge asks you a couple questions. Are you sure you want to do this? And do you think you're old enough to make this decision? If they answer yes to those questions, they load the girl back up in the car. The judge signs the order, and she can go have an abortion. And that girl, her, mother, her parents think she's in school all day. She skipped school, she's left school, and she goes home that night. And yeah. she's a different person. Yeah. So it could be your begins. child. Yeah. This, let the lies and the secret begin, Phil, because that's what we do often. We start living such, we start living a lie, is what we do. And you are so right. I'm going to tell you, before I had my abortion, even in my thought process, which I didn't know anything about taking every thought captive that exalts itself above the name of Jesus. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. So I started to believe thoughts like this, Bill. It's harmless. Everybody's doing it. It's legal. It must be right. You can have a real life with a real career. You know, you can fix this problem. And looking back, Phil, now, I know that was the father of lies who softly whispered in my ear that it was harmless. And I can tell you yes. this also, Phil, when I went into my own personal abortion, I was laying on a procedure table, and I knew at that moment, I turned my head to the side with tears running down my cheeks, and I knew at that point that my baby was dying or dead, and what I had done I could never undo. Mm-hmm. I knew it, Phil. And after that, the accuser of the brethren started shouting at me, how hopeless I was. Mm. He went from telling me from the father of lies to the accuser that it was harmless to shout unto me it was hopeless. And women live in this hopeless state thinking that they're beyond the grace of God when the truth is that is the only place, let me tell you this, Phil, the only place where these women are ever going to exchange their pain is by finding God's peace. Yeah. The fears that we had, the only one can take care of that, 
is God. He'll give us true freedom. I'm a woman walking in freedom now. I am not in bondage, and I have chosen to use my scars to help other women who are now suffering the same negative aftermath of abortion, and we are out there all over the place, as I said. Amen. But they're afraid to come forth. Yeah. And those of you that are grieving out there today, even listening to this, maybe you've had an abortion, listen, your grace absolutely can be exchanged for God's grace. There is no sin too big that God cannot forgive, and there's no pain too deep that God cannot go deeper. And if he did it for me, and he did it for me. I'll tell you what, Phil, there was one verse that God used in my life to bring me out of that deep, dark hole that I was living in. I was sitting at home at night, and I was actually engaging in self-destructive behavior, and I turned on my TV, and it was (laughs) our beloved past St. Billy Graham who was on. Oh, wow. And my first... My first instinct was, turn it, turn it. But I didn't. I actually did turn it, and something said, go back. I went back, and he used to preach for a long time. He said one verse, Phil, and it was this. Jesus didn't come for the healthy, but for the sick and those in need of a physician. And I I looked at it, and it was like he was talking to me. And he said it again. I said, Jesus didn't come for the healthy, but those are sick in need of a physician. Phil, at that moment, I hit my knees in my living room, and I cried out, God, if that is true. I am one sick woman, and unless you save me, I surely shall die. Mm. And I can tell you the gates of heaven, the heavens open, and my soul started to be just flooded with His grace and mercy. And after I was healed, and I drenched myself in the Word of God for a long time, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, now go and tell. That is what the pals is. Yes. We are women who have walked that path who God has healed through abortion recovery groups or through church or through pastors, priests, confession, resolving, confessing, healing. And now we, God has said, now go and tell. Go and tell. Amen. So that is what we do. We reach out to others. And you were just doing it. You're just doing it right now as well on the radio, Jody. We don't even know there could be someone that just tuned in to hear Mm -hmm. your voice say what you just said. That might be Mm -hmm. on their knees right now, asking God for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we pray for that. That Jody's testimony and these other gals will be impactful like that, just like it was for you turning on the TV. Maybe somebody turning on the radio right now, and we certainly want to encourage everyone to come to this panel discussion, a panel mm-hmm. of courageous post-abortive women sharing yes. their personal experiences so we might better understand the true cost of abortion. Tuesday night, June 7th, 7 p.m. at Hope Church Worship Center. It's a uh, free community event sponsored by the Women's Pregnancy Center of Grand Forks. Well, Jody, uh, it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for heading this up. Uh, I think you said, uh, did you say six women will be there that night? Six, yep, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, come and hear us. Yes, come and, hear us. and there's yes. so much to be said. There's so much going there on. Is. You know, yes. uh, we, we're hearing about the Fargo Clinic as soon as Roe versus Wade is overturned, you know, going across the bridge to Moorhead. So yeah. it's not yeah. like abortion is going to go away. And we have mm-hmm. so many in our media and culture, the whole shout your abortion effort. It's all lies, Jody. And and uh, mm-hmm. you've got some people that are, frankly, making money by doing that. And, you know, the average woman that ends up getting an abortion is going to experience exactly what you experienced. And 
So exactly. the truth needs to be heard. The truth will set you free. Yeah, amen. That is yeah. the truth, you know. So, yes, and I encourage people to come. You've heard a part of my story. Listen, every one of these women have a different story. You'll hear from a woman who was married to a doctor. You will hear from a woman whose dad was a pastor. You will hear from someone who had a, an abortion, a late, late-term abortion at 20, 19 or 20 weeks. You will hear from the girl who had the judicial bypass. We have we, we, we weave these stories together, okay. and every one of them are different, but they all all end up at the same place in this emotional distress, spiritual confusion, and self-destructive behavior, and then God delivers them. Come and hear us. Come and hear how we exchange the lies, you know, for the truth of God. And that is where women and men will find true redemption, mercy, forgiveness, and healing. And I encourage pastors to come, because you are so right. One in four women. The Church needs to be educated. I love the Church. It is the body of Christ. It is His bride. But we do know that the statistics for women who have who who have head of abortions that are in the church are staggering. Seventy percent of women who have had an abortion say this, Bill, that their preference, their religious preference, is Christian. That's a really high number. Yeah. Now I want to say in defense of that. When I walked into that abortion clinic, I wasn't living for Christ, but I probably would have said Christian. But regardless. Fifty percent. I want you to hear this statistic. Fifty percent of women who have abortions say they're regular churchgoers attending church once or twice a month. Now that's a regular church attender. Seventy-five percent of that number say this. Seventy-five percent say no one in my church knows. Yeah. So I encourage people, pastors, clergy, those that are professional counselors, people that are pro-life. Just come. There will be something for every one of you that you can glean from our presentations that will help you in what God has called you to do. Amen. All right. Jody Clemens uh, from the Fargo area, thank you so much for sharing with us here on QFM today. And again, uh, come to Hope Church, the Worship Center, Mm -hmm. Tuesday night, June 7th at 7 o'clock. Come a little bit early as well. Jody, God bless you, and hopefully we can talk again sometime down the road. Thank you for saying yes to God's leading in your life, and uh, God bless you. Thank you, and thank you for having me, Phil. God bless you. All right. This is your life, God's truth, your QFM.